Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. What is going on, boys and girls? It is time for the Pick and Roll Podcast. We are back and better than ever. My name is Steven Taroni, and joined by me, as always, is Al Hunter. What is going on, Al? We're going to talk some hoops tonight. Nothing much, man. It's been a good first week of the NBA season, and I'm pumped to dive into week two with you. Get into tomorrow's slate and everything. Yeah, we're going to dive into the Wednesday slate. So by the time you listen to this, it will be Wednesday, most likely. Um, we're going to talk about October 30th, uh, the Wednesday slate. So there's a lot of games on it. Uh, me and I were just talking off air. The Tuesday night slate was kind of a good one to stay away from. A few games on the slate. Always kind of like a indication that you might want to stay away um, unless you really feel strongly about it. Yeah, tomorrow tomorrow we get 11 games, so it's much better than three tonight. When there's more games, you always want to play more. Exactly. Yeah, yeah just a quick update on the games of tonight. So Trey Young went down. It looked ugly, man. Like, he twisted both ankles simultaneously. And it looks like the early reports are it's not too serious. Um, we're not sure if he's going to miss time or not, but Trey Young did not finish the game. Um, so I, we were speculating Bembry started the second half. So I guess maybe Reddish played the one that would make sense to me, but another story in this game, I got to bring it up is Tyler hero, man. He went off for 19 points in the second quarter. And I don't know if you saw Al. there's a great, great video clip right now. Zoomed in shot of him. He's just saying, I'm a bucket. I'm a bucket. (laughs) Yeah, with the, there's three minutes left in that game, and Tyler Hero's got 29, six rebounds, and two assists. So he's going to definitely get over 30. That is unbelievable. I mean, you know, like early indications, like I really like how Tyler Hero would mesh with this team, but it just kind of like really opened up the door. Once Deion Wagers was suspended, and all of a sudden Jimmy Butler wasn't playing, then that kind of paved the way for opportunity for Hero. He's really taking advantage of it. Of course, Butler's playing tonight. Um, and he's having his best game so far. I love that combination of Butler and Hero all season long. Um, I think it's going to be awesome for fantasy. Yeah, Hero got moved back to the bench with Jimmy Butler returning, and, I mean, I'm pretty surprised he had his best game yet with Jimmy Butler back in the lineup. Jimmy Butler's a really high-usage player, so I'm surprised he wasn't stealing shots from Hero. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, it's kind of like that dynamic of Russell Westbrook with uh, James Harden. I mean, you know, s- some people are having trouble wrapping their mind around, you know, oh, how are both going to, you know, distribute the ball with each other? How is, you know, both ball hawks going to be able to play in this space? But, I mean, at the end of the day, basketball players going to be basketball players. They're going to ball out if they got it in them. And Tyler Hero went off in the second quarter tonight. Um so we want to, before we talk about the slate for Wednesday night, we want to talk about some of our biggest surprises so far. Uh, we were talking off air. What is your biggest surprise so far? Uh, my biggest surprise from a real basketball standpoint and fantasy wise is uh, how good the Suns are playing. I mean, they're two and two. That's not great, but uh, they, they're two wins. They blew out the Kings in game one very easily. And then their other win was against the Clippers. And that was very surprising. I mean, we all think the Clippers are one of the title favorites. And then the other two games, they lost They lost to Denver by a point. That was their last game. And then to Utah by a point. So they're only two points away from being 4-0. And uh, Kelly Oubre has been a stud. Ricky Rubio has been a stud. 
and they're really playing well uh, without DeAndre Ayton, which I'll get into about tomorrow's slate. Uh, Kaminsky's uh, stepping up, and Aaron Baines is stepping up. I mean, they're playing all well, and I just I'm surprised that they're actually two and two. I thought they'd be one and three start, maybe zero and four. So they could be four and zero. They're my surprise. Yeah, you know, those role players, like you mentioned, like Baines and Kaminsky stepping up and, you know, with Aiton being out for 25 games, you know, it's really surprising. But Ricky Rubio is like making a difference, uh, especially defensively. So him and Booker are kind of stepping up here. And, you know, when last season we were looking at point guards against the Suns, it was like smash that every every game against the Suns. And early on this season, not so much. And, you know, I was looking at the point guards they've played. I mean, you know, Patrick Beverly, whatever, you know, obviously that he's not going to give you much. Um, but, you know, Mike Conley, who is actually my biggest surprise this year, is how disappointing Mike Conley is. You know, at Phoenix, juicy matchup, you would think he gets 7.5 fantasy points or DK points and murders your entire lineup. So, you know, I'm not sure what to do with Mike Conley right now, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, he's getting decent minutes, but it's early on and it's just not working out with him and Donovan Mitchell. I think he'll right the ship, but he's just not looking uh, sharp in this uh, space right now with the Utah Jazz. You know, he, his best game so far is against Sacramento. He had 27 fantasy points. Um, but as of right now, in, as far as DFS, I mean, you got to fade him. And that kind of leads us up into the point guards for the Wednesday slate. Um, Mike Conley sitting there at 6,200 um, against the Clippers, who, you know, I talked about Patrick Beverly. It just doesn't seem like an ideal matchup. So that's somebody who I'm not even thinking about. Al, in this slate right now, a lot of good point, point guards. At the top, you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook at Washington. Are you considering these guys? Yeah, real quick, just to mention, uh, you were talking about Phoenix playing well on D. They're seventh so far in defensive uh, efficiency. And we all know last year they were one of the worst teams in D. So it's a small sample, but seventh is impressive. Um, yeah, and for those guys, um, Harden and Russ, I think Russ is the better value. Russ is averaging 59 DK points per game so far. He's kind of dropped his usage a little bit, but he's picking it up in all the other stats. His usage has been 27%, which is a drop from last year, obviously. But like I said, he's been flirting with a triple-double. He just got a double-double on uh, Monday versus the Pelicans. And this game has one of the highest over-unders of tomorrow's 11-game slate. It actually, it's at 230.5 points, and Houston's favored by eight. So it should be a very good game to attack. And I think out of the two between Russ and Harden, I think taking the discount with Russ is probably the smarter move. Yeah, I mean, he's still Russ. Nothing has changed. He's filling up the stat sheet. He's borderline triple-double every night, just like he was last season. So, yeah, I mean, dude is a beast. I was watching him last night, and my goodness, man, like the way he sets up his attack and he's looking to distribute. Um, one thing about Russell Westbrook, who watch I will always defend, you know I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. He's a true point guard. As much as we might want to say he's a selfish player, yeah, he's – He's a jacker. Like, he will throw up threes from 35 feet and hit the backboard. But he's a true point guard. He really is. Um, he's always looking to set up his teammates. That's an advantage, especially when you have a player like James Harden next to him. Um, are we looking at Steph Curry? I mean, are you, are, are you believing in this Phoenix defense or and you're going to fade Steph? Or would you play Steph at 9,500 on this slate? Um, no, this Suns-Warriors game, even though Phoenix has been so good defensively, the over-under of this game is 229. So it's the second highest right behind uh, Rockets Wizards. So I'm expecting a lot of points. And uh, Steph looked great the other night. He bounced back with 55 DK points after struggling in the first two. 
And uh, he's seen a 29% usage rate so far, which is kind of right around what we thought he'd see without KD. Yep. And, and like, um, the only the spread of this game is Warriors by five. So the game is expected to stay competitive. And I don't know, last season in four games against Phoenix, he averaged 49 DK points per game. So I, I think Steph knows the Warriors got to win right now, and they're going back home. I think he definitely performs. I don't know if he's a better value than Russ. I think I'd rather take Russ at 96 just because Russ has a better chance of notching that triple-double, and we all know we get the double-double and triple-double bonuses on DraftKings. But Steph is definitely a good play at his price. I like Kyle Lowry, man. He's really been playing well, and, you know, if he keeps playing this way, um, you know, with this Toronto Raptors team, he's going to be an all-star this season. And, you know, he's playing Detroit. It's a really good matchup. I don't think Reggie Jackson's going to play. Not that that really matters. Um, he's given you 40 DK points in three or four games so far. So, look, Kyle Lowry is a nice pivot off of these high-priced guys at 7,400. Absolutely. He was the next guy on my list for point guards. Um, he's averaging 42 DK points per game. And like you said, he's gone over 40 in three of four. Uh, his usage is at 21.8%, which is two, which is a 2% increase from his average last year. And uh, Detroit is the seventh worst ranked defense thus far. And like you said, Reggie Jackson is out, which doesn't really matter, but Derrick Rose is going to be playing most of the minutes at point guard. I mean, all know Derrick Rose at this point in his career is no defender. So I definitely think Lowry, I think there's a really good chance he goes over 40 again. He's just so consistent without Kawhi out of town. And I definitely think he's going to be on the all-star team if he continues to play like this and avoids an injury. Yeah, another guy who, you know, is playing like an all-star is really Ricky Rubio. And, you know, he's getting the minutes that you want. I mean, and he's filling up the stat sheet. Um, and so in each game this season, he's had at least 34 DK points. And, you know, early on, he was around that 5,500 on DraftKings. Now he's up to 62. I still think it's a good price in this game against Golden State. You were talking about this game. I'm, you know, is, is Ricky Rubio someone you're considering? Because when I'm looking at all these high-priced guys, you know, obviously, you know, I want to play Russ. Um, I think Lillard is fine at OKC. But if I could pivot off of that, I'm looking at Lowry, and then I'm looking at Rubio. Yeah, Rubio's one of the best mid-tier targets and values of this late, I think. I mean, he's $6,200, and he's averaging 37 DK points per game this season. So that's right around a six-times value return if he returns to tomorrow at his average. Um, and like you said, he's been filling up the stat sheet. He's averaging nine assists and eight rebounds per game. And this is going to come as a surprise, but Golden State is the worst-ranked defense in efficiency so far. So this game's got one of the highest over-under totals, and I think you're going to want to have a lot of exposure. And Ricky Rubio at that reasonable price tag is going to be a very hard value to ignore. I definitely think for cash games at least. If you want to save some money at the point guard position this week, I love Isaiah Thomas. He played one game. Um, he gave you in 20 minutes, he gave you 16 points, five assists. Um, he's 4,000 on DK. It's a good matchup against Houston. You know, that's always going to be a high paced game. Um, if Isaiah Thomas can give you another 20 minutes, I think he's fine for you. Um, there are a lot of great names at the point guard position, so I'm not necessarily recommending you got to play Isaiah. But look, I mean, at, at that, you know, you can definitely combo him with a Russ, uh, play him at that guard spot. Um, you can play him in the utility. Um, I'm probably, if I need to save some money in that last spot, if I have a, a guard spot available, I'm probably going to play IT. Another cheap guy, Alfred Payton, isn't going to be playing in this game. We know Dennis Smith Jr. has had his trouble. He's questionable right now. So it looks like that it will be Frankie Frank. Um, potentially, 
starting in this game. So it will be DSJ most likely. I mean, we saw him get booed in Madison Square Garden and they were shouting for Frank. They want him to be the starter. So I think that's just a situation monitor because they're playing Orlando, who's 27th against point guards this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if DSJ's out, taking a risk with Frank wouldn't be that bad. But, I mean, he really looks terrible in that game. Uh, the only game he played, I think he played only, what, five minutes or something? And he barely produced. Yeah, he, he played, he played uh, 20 minutes in the game. And oh, my bad. No, nah, yeah, yeah. It was, the, it was the last game, and it was that same game that they were, they were uh, booing DSJ. Yeah, he was over 6. <laughs> yeah, so I got I got it right. He uh, when I said five minutes, I meant actually five DK points. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, nothing special. But if he's playing that starting role, um, another name to know is Kadeem Allen. He's still questionable. He hasn't played yet this season. But we know that Kadeem Allen was serviceable last season at a very cheap price. So look, just monitor who's going to be starting. If if Alfred Payton is out, well, Alfred Payton is out. If DSJ is out, uh, Kadeem Allen and and Frank are names to know, but then also Alonzo Trier could be another option. These are all guys like could have like 30 DK points for you in a big slate where you're saving some money, you can pay up another spot. So it's just something to monitor. Yeah. And it's worth noting, uh, you were talking about Isaiah Thomas, he's four grand. And in his first game, he only played 20 minutes, but he saw a 32.7% usage rate. So that's great when you're considering that this game versus the Rockets has the highest over under game total of the night. I mean, if you want to bet on the points in this game, Isaiah Thomas, definitely. For a GPP flyer, absolutely. And uh, you were talking about um, the Knicks situation. If DSJ is out with Alfred out, I think you'd have to consider R.J. Barrett at $6,500. Um, he's averaging 38.6 DK points per game so far this year. And uh, with DSJ out and Alfred getting hurt on Monday, R.J. played a season-high 40 minutes and notched his first career double-double. Uh, he got 19 and 15 rebounds, and he scored 47.75 DK points. Um, and that was a pretty good, uh, pretty big comeback win. So I think they're going to ride R.J. Barrett. I mean, they've been riding him all season with high minutes, but if those two are out, he might hit 40 again. Yeah, 100%. That's a great point. Um, you could just fade all those cheap options I mentioned and just play R.J. Barrett, who's going to eat up a lot of that usage and play that point guard. He does bring up the ball a lot uh, for them anyway. And like you said, he's been absolutely unreal so far. Um, so yeah, I like RJ Barrett a lot. Anybody else from this point guard position? I think Shabazz Napier is not bad at $3,600. He's gone over 20 in his last two and he's averaging 23, uh, DK points per game this season. So I don't think he's bad. I think he'd be right in the conversation with like Alonzo Tier and Frank if he was starting, but I mean, those Knicks cheap cards are really shaky to me. I, I think I might just look elsewhere and might to pay like up to Rubio or something at point guard. If you were going to get that risky, I think I'd rather go that way. Yeah, I like that a lot. I also like Kobe White, man. I mean, dude has been balling, and they're going to be playing Cleveland, uh, which is a great matchup for him. So, yeah, he's been playing really well. Um, he's given you um, the usage at the beginning of the season. He only played 16 minutes last game against the Knicks, but, you know, he started off really hot. Um, unfortunately, he, you know, let you down. Uh, last game but I like the matchup and you know I think he'll he'll be able to to provide enough for you at 4900 uh, we're naming a lot of options here I think that Kobe White might be just an option if you know you have 5,000 to spare um, on a point guard but uh, again DJ Augustin um, in that Orlando New York game you know DJ Augustin's always a guy who's going to give you 25 minutes a night 4700 and a good matchup another option to consider um, but I do like 
this slate to uh, kind of hit that mid-tier in the point guard for this slate and then pay up elsewhere. So we're moving on to the shooting guard here. And Devin Booker is a name that I'm looking at here because he's 7,900, and that's pretty cheap for Devin Booker. Um, he's playing Golden State, like you mentioned, not great defensively. Uh, Booker is bound to go off. We know that he's capable of getting 40 points in a night. Um, you know, and right now, like we said, the Suns have been playing well. They've been distributing. A lot of people have been playing well for them. I like Devin Booker at 7,900 at the shooting guard position. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker's always got crazy upside when the totals is high, for sure. I, I understand it, but I think his floor is a little shakier than most. Um, what do you think about Malcolm Brogdon so far? I mean, he's, he's been, been an he's he's been absolute stud, stud dude. Yeah, he's, he's averaging 48 DK points per game, and he almost had a triple-double versus the Pistons on Monday. I think he was two assists shy, two rebounds shy. I mean, the guy's been just stuffing the stat sheet. His usage has been at 25%, and he only had a 21% usage rate last year in Milwaukee. So he's really flourishing in that role with Oladipo still out. Yeah, he's playing 35 minutes every game. He's had a double-double in every game. Um, so he's giving you double-digit assists. So, yeah, he's playing out of his mind when it comes to fantasy. Um, it's a good matchup, but you're going to have to pay up a little bit for him. Um, you're going to have to pay that 7300 Now, well, that's a good point. Would you play Brogdon or would you play Booker? You could pivot down, save a little bit of cash, and then you play Brogdon at that shooting guard spot, which you got to love somebody who's giving you 10-plus assists that you could put at your shooting guard spot. Yeah, me and you always talk about it, but the value of getting a point guard at the shooting guard slot on DraftKings is huge. And, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon's that way. We can do R.J. Barrett. He's point guard and shooter guard eligible. And then Steph and Harden are both point guard and shooting guard eligible. So there's a lot of options here, and I think – Paying up and taking advantage of the mid-tier might be the smart way to go in the guards. Yeah, Bradley Beal, another guy who's playing great. And 8,900 in this matchup against Houston, I like it a lot. Um, he's averaging 7.7 assists per game along with the scoring that he gives you. Uh, we were talking off air. The Wizards are, are overachieving right now. Um, they're not playing, you know, outstanding. Um, but, you know, they, they beat OKC in OKC, and they played a really competitive game in San Antonio, only lost by two points. Uh, so, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing from this Wizards team where I thought they would just kind of lay, lay an egg uh, for, you know, the opening of the season. They've come out fighting, and Bradley Beal gave you 51.25 uh, DK points in that game at San, at San Antonio. The way I'm feeling about this Wizards game the, the Rockets just traveled from a home contest last night uh, against OKC, and now they're traveling to D.C. Um, I'm not saying they're going to lose this game, but it could be a trap game. It could be a game where the, a lot of these Wizards excel. So I like Bradley Beal a lot in this, 8,900. Yeah, like you said, they just have been overachieving. I mean, tomorrow the Rockets are favored by eight. But I wouldn't really mind betting on Washington and taking the points there at home. Yeah, maybe. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. What else do we got? What, what about guard? Shea? What about Shea? Gilgis Alexander? He's been balling. He's been balling in this role in OKC. Yeah, he's been really impressive. Um, and Portland's been weaker at defense this year without like Aminu and Harkless. So I, I definitely think SGA is viable. But if we're talking that range, I think I'd rather go to Barrett for cheaper. And I'd rather save the money with Ricky Rubio at cheaper. I know Ricky Rubio is not shooting guard eligible, but you could put Barrett at shooting guard or someone else. And then you could get Rubio with the savings at point guard. So I think I would just drop down. 
Yeah, Derrick Rose uh, was disappointing last night. Um, he had an awesome, awesome drive to the bucket uh, to put the Pistons up last night. And then he promptly dropped an F-bomb on live TV, which was great in his interview. You got to love that. Um, but <laughs> Derrick Rose at Toronto, I got to fade that because he let me down last night and it's not a great matchup. Yeah, I, I wouldn't play him in cash, but I don't mind it for GBPs. I mean, yeah, so far this season, Harden – Kawhi, Trey Young, and Kyrie are the only players that have a higher usage rate than Derrick Rose. So considering his price, I've been writing about it in my articles. It's just his price tag lately just doesn't reflect his usage. Right. And, and I mean, we're playing this game based on opportunity. A lot has to go into skill, obviously, but opportunity is so key here. So I think taking a risk on D Rose and GPPs is fine. And I think people might be bitter after what he gave us on Monday. Cause I know I played him. I bet you played him too, Steve. And he let us down. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think some people might be bitter, and I think this might be a good time to buy low on him in big tournaments. But at that shooting guard spot, Devontae Graham, man, he's been taking a lot away from Terry Rozier. Um, he's been getting a lot of usage. He's, you know, he's their starting uh, two guard right now, I do believe. Is he starting or is it, is it Dwayne Bacon? I think, Dwayne, both of them? I think Dwayne Bacon's been the starter. I don't, I don't think Devontae Graham's been starting. But with Batum out, I'm not sure if they've moved Graham into the two spot. Um, but he's been getting – look, he's been getting a lot of minutes. He's, he's playing at least 27 minutes in each contest this season. Um, 42 DK points, 34. Uh, uh, he lets you down with 20 and then 36. So he, all he's been doing is producing for you. In his last game, he gave you 14 points and 12 assists. Um, I really like what he's given you. He's a three-point shooter. First two games of the season, uh, six for seven, and then six for nine from three-point range. So that's that really helped, obviously, with his fantasy value. Um, Fifty-three hundred in a great matchup. Uh, I, I like Devontae Graham a lot in this. Yeah, I don't mind him. I just feel like sometime soon he's going to come back down to earth. Sure. I feel like we're I feel like we're chasing points a little bit with him. I don't yeah. know. Fifty-three hundred is just a good price at the two-guard spot. Um, if you you know if you're going to put him in that guard or two-guard spot. Um, I'm okay with that. Anybody else from this two-guard position that we didn't get to? Uh, yeah, I think Jalen Brown at 5,500 is really viable. Um, he had really bad foul trouble in game one versus Philly. Um, they lost that game. But since they've gone 2-0 and and JB's scored 39 DK points per game, um, he had a strong 30 DK points per game versus Milwaukee last season in seven tilts. And uh, this is a home game for the Celtics, and it's got a small spread of two points. Milwaukee's favored by two. And the total is pretty healthy at 222 points. So I think uh, I think Jalen's underpriced for his role right now. And if he avoids foul trouble, hopefully, fingers crossed, he should definitely smash value at this price. I love that call. Um, kind of a homer call, but it's cool. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good price, man. <laughs> I mean, it definitely is. I mean, honestly, I'm about to have a biased call, too. And I think Zach Levine is awesome against Cleveland. Um, Zach Levine always plays well against the crappy team. So it's just kind of like, you know, it turns into the Zach Levine show when it's just like two crappy teams playing against each other. Um, so 7,700 for Levine uh, in a really good matchup at the twos guard spot. If you didn't want to pay up for Bradley Beal or someone like that, I think Levine kind of like Devin Booker, like we talked about, just has that high upside. Um, I think a great pivot off that though is Brogdon. Brogdon is going to give you those, that safe 40. It seems like at this point, like it doesn't seem like he's not going to stop scoring 40 DK points. So when we're talking about all these guards or all these two guards, Brogdon is really 
looking like the best option at this point. Another guy that's really cheap at shooting guard that I think is viable is uh, Wesley Matthews at 39. He's been playing basically 30 minutes a game for the Bucs, and he's averaging 24 DK points per game. So, like I said, this contest versus the Celtics should be close. And, I mean, he should get 20 DK points. He's not the greatest play with high upside, but for a cheap no, value, they, I don't think he's bad. Yeah. yeah, you need somebody like that who's going to give you 20 at a cheap price. I mean, and if he can do that, that's great. Um, I hate Wesley Matthews. I, I just don't like him as a basketball player. Oh, I'm not, player I'm, not a, I'm not a fan either. But. I'm not a fan. And, like, I, every time I play him with hopeful intent, it just doesn't work out. So I think I've just been burned a lot by him. But 3,900 with that kind of usage, you're right. Um, you got to consider it. Yeah. Um, so Giannis, he kind of let you down. We're going into the small forward spot. He kind of let you down uh, last night. He was absolutely out of his mind. Um, but, you know, he only – and, you know, he only scored 41 uh, fantasy points for you when he was getting 70-plus. Um, but the man is unbelievable right now. Certainly going to be an MVP candidate throughout the season again. And you got to like him. you got to like playing him. I think it's tough to fade him at this point. Um, 10,800. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be playing him. I, I think that, you know, this sort of game is going to be competitive. It's going to be a game where he's going to be all over the place uh getting steals getting blocks what he does so yeah i love Giannis right now and uh i think you got to just keep playing him yeah i mean this is 1080 is a reasonable price for Giannis i mean he went over 11 grand for most of last year and uh he sucked against Cleveland with 41 and a half DK points um but that was all based on a blowout i mean they won that game easily in the first two games of the season which were much more competitive games versus Miami and versus Houston, he went over 70 in each. And uh, last year, in all the games he played against Boston, he averaged 56 DEA points per game. So that'd be right around value at his current price. And I think his upside's higher than that. I mean, he's always, I keep bringing it up, but he's always a threat for the double-double bonus and the triple-double bonus on DraftKings, especially in a competitive high-scoring game like we're expecting versus the Celtics. Yeah, and, you know, t speaking of that double-double, triple-double, uh, a nice pivot off of him if you want to save just a little bit and still play a stud. Ben Simmons, um, great matchup against Minnesota. Uh, you know, I, I really like the matchup here, going against Carl Anthony Towns, going against Andrew Wiggins. You know, he's been playing really well. He hasn't really given you the boom game that you want. Um, he's just been kind of giving you, you know, what you expect. Um, but, look, He's given you 35-plus minutes, uh, and, you know, he is a double-double threat every night. So I like Ben Simmons um, at 8,700. I'm probably going to have trouble getting him into my lineups, but, look, if he gives you that double-double or triple-double, you're probably going to regret it if he's not in your lineup. I feel you on that, and uh, you'll call me a homer, but I think Tatum's pretty viable at 68. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's averaging 42 DK points per game so far this year, and he got a double-double in the game one versus Philly. And then the next two games, he got nine rebounds and nine rebounds. So, I mean, he was a single rebound away in each game from a double-double. Uh, so, I, I think he's pretty viable at, as uh, $6,800. And, I mean, his usage has been at 25.7% this year, and that's 3.3% higher than last year. So, Kyrie being absent from this team is clearly shown with Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tobias Harris, also, like, another guy in the Sixers team. I mean, you know, he's just been solid, and he's given you, like, a lot of usage, a lot of minutes. 
Um, and you know, in two in two straight games, he gave you over forty DK points. He's only sixty seven hundred. So when you look at it like that, and you look at the small forward position in this matchup against Minnesota, who's twenty second uh, against the small forward position, you know, Tobias Harris is a great option. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, another guy to attack in that Suns Warriors game is Kelly Oubre. I mean, he's just been awesome, averaging 37 DK points per game so far. And uh, in four games last year versus the Warriors, he produced 32 DK points per game in each. I mean, averaging. So, I mean, in this high total at 62, I think he's a similar value to Rubio, and I don't mind playing both of them at all. I love that. Um, anybody else from this small forward position? Yeah, a couple quick guys to name off. I think uh, P.J. Tucker's always viable. He's averaging um, – 37 minutes per game this season. So that's just a ton of volume. And he's produced 32 DK points per game thus far. I mean, he's going to come back down to earth soon because he's not a scorer or anything. But that type of minutes is hard to come by, especially in a high total like they're going in tomorrow against Washington. So I don't think he's a bad buy. And then on the other side, on the Wizards, I don't think Davis Bertrand is a bad buy. Uh, $3,700 and he's averaging 23 DK points per game. So far, and like I keep saying, there's going to be a lot of scoring in that game. And then finally, another one is uh, Glenn Robinson. Outside of the blowout um, versus OKC when the Warriors got spanked and surprised, uh, Robinson has played at least 30 minutes in the other two games. So he's played 30 minutes in two or three games, and he's averaging 22 DK points per game. Uh, So I don't think he's bad either if he continues to start for the Warriors. Yeah, Glenn Robinson has been a surprise this season. He's been starting for them, and they are really using him. Um, so Steve Kerr is seeing something that he really likes in Glenn Robinson. So I don't think that uh, DraftKings has necessarily called on to him yet, and he's a very, very cheap option. Or the, you know, or the Warriors just have no other choice. <laughs> they really don't. They're not that deep right now, Oh, my God. They are so thin, man. Yeah, and going back to P.J. Tucker, um, you know – like you mentioned, he's getting the volume, right? But not only is he getting the volume, he's scoring. And he's getting 17, 16, and 17 in his last three games. Um, in those games, two of those games, he had eight and seven three-point attempts. He made five in both of those games. So, you know, like last year we had James Harden, who him and P.J. Tucker are boys, right? Like these, these two are off of the floor. You always see them together. Now you have Russell Westbrook there. Both of these guys, what do they do best with Harden and, and Westbrook? Is they drive to the basket, defense collapse on them, and P.J. Tucker is just standing there in the corner. It's happened so much this season, and Tucker is just benefiting tremendously from Westbrook being there. I really view P.J. Tucker right now because what he's given you is 29.25, 30.75, 36.25 DK points at super cheap price, right? So he's 4,800 going against the Wizards, uh, which is a really good matchup. I'm just viewing P.J. Tucker as kind of a free play where you know what you're going to get. You get in the volume, and you're going to get around 30 DK points. At 4,800, I think it's a no-brainer if you're building around a lot of expensive people, you know, expensive players. You can put P.J. Tucker in there and, and set it and forget it. Yeah, last year in the playoffs, I mean, he was almost like a plug-and-play in those small playoff slates because he was get, he was so cheap and he was guaranteed high playing time. And that's the same right. case now. And, I mean, the only difference is now is he's really taking advantage of it. I mean, he was good in the playoffs and stuff, but 32 DK points per game is just awesome for the way he's priced. Exactly. Um, anybody else from the small forward position? Uh, no, I think we covered basically all the guys I like. 
Sounds good. We will move on to the power forward. And I want to start with Kevin Love, uh, kind of getting no love, really. I mean, you know, you don't hear a lot about Kevin Love, uh, but he is giving you a double-double every night. He's back to his old ways, and he's giving you the minutes. He's healthy. Um, he's jacking threes, not making a high percentage, but whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter as long as he's getting a high volume of that and giving you a double-double. I mean, look, 8,200 at the power forward position against Chicago. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in on Kevin Love. Yeah, and it's uh, Chicago so far has allowed the six made, uh, six most made three-pointers per game. So we know Love likes to shoot from outside. And like you said, he's going over 30 minutes in each of the first three games. So right there, I mean, that's really good price for Love with that high playing time, especially against a defense like Chicago. Yeah, uh, how are you feeling about uh, Siakam right now? I mean, dude is such a stud. He's turning into one of the better players in the league. Forget the whole six-man thing. Forget the most improved player. Like, Siakam's one of the best players in this league, and he's going against Detroit. Great matchup. You got to love Siakam. Still, I would say, underpriced. Yeah, and he's always better at home. I think uh, going into this year, last year, he averaged 2.2 more DK points per game at home. So he's always better at home. Uh, I was actually talking about this with a friend. Um, looking back at it, you know how um, OKC had that deal. Um, it was on the table that Pascal for Russell Westbrook and Paul George, because Paul George, I mean, Kawhi was requesting to play with Paul George. And he was like, right. go get me Paul George and I'll stay in Toronto. And the deal right. was that OKC wanted obviously some picks and Pascal and Toronto turned it down and, I don't know. Looking at it now, I I still think they should have done the deal because not only would you not only would you get Russ and PG, you get the main prize, which is Kawhi Leonard. But uh, I mean, the way he's playing now, we kind of see why they held back. You know, they have a franchise player going forward, and he just looks awesome. So exactly, and they and they committed to Siakam. I think that there's like you know he they really feel strongly about building with Siakam moving forward as like someone like a product that they've kind of produced. Um, so they, that was somebody they really, you know, didn't want to move. But yeah, obviously, you know, it's really hard to pass up the three, the big three that could have been. Um, yeah, right. That'd be crazy if that team is in Toronto right now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, it'd be unreal. They would be a powerhouse every season. Yeah, um, they might. They might have three beated. Speaking of Kawhi, you know, obviously he's been playing great. Um, he's at Utah. Uh, you know, we really don't like at Utah seeing that on the schedule. Um, but Kawhi's matchup proof, um, he's averaging 52.1 DK points in early part of the season. Um, so you can feel good about Kawhi. It's just like, I kind of want other pieces on this slate. Um, so I'm, I, I'm not like, I'm not fading Kawhi. I'm going to play Kawhi in lineups, but there's other pieces in the higher priced, uh, tier that I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to fade him. I think there's just, I mean, I'd rather play Ross at a similar price. I'd rather go to Steph at a similar price. This Clippers-Jazz game in Utah, playing in Utah is a really tough place. And this uh, game has one of the lower totals at 215. And Utah is one of the teams that's actually stayed strong to who they were from last year. I mean, they were one of the top defenses in the league last year, and they ranked first in defensive efficiency after the first week. So they're holding strong on being a defensive juggernaut. And it's also worth noting the Clippers play Thursday. So this is the first time we've seen a back-to-back chance for Kawhi. So that kind of worries me. I, I don't know if they'll limit his minutes. And I feel like he might actually sit one of these two games. So I think that's worth watching. 
That's a great call. Um, I'm scrolling down here. Uh, your boy, the Japanese hatchet, 5,400 in a great spot. Uh, he's been playing awesome. Um, you know, he's getting the minutes that we really were hoping for. Um, last two games, 35 and 38 minutes coming off a great game against the Spurs. Like I said, every, all the Wizards really played well in that. 16 and 8 gave you 33.5 uh, DK points. I like Rui. I, I think it's a good matchup. I think you can play Rui a uh, really good price of 5,400 um, in this Houston game. This Washington-Houston game just looks very tasty to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, at $5,400, you have to like Rui, a.k.a. the Japanese hatchet, as my boy Steve just mentioned. <laughs> but he's averaging 30 DK points per game this season, and his minutes have gone up from 25 in the first game to 35 to 38. And we all know Houston likes to play smaller lineups with P.J. Tucker at the four. And sometimes they even play P.J. Tucker at the five. So I think Rui fits into this game perfectly. So, I mean, like we keep saying, you want to get more exposure to this game with the highest total. So $5,400 for Rui, he's definitely someone that should hit value. Definitely. Right around that same price range is Bobby Portis, who just exploded for 52 DK points. We've seen this before with Bobby Portis. Um, you know, in the last – you know, four games. There was one game where he only played 10 minutes. I'm not sure what happened there, if it was foul trouble or what. Uh, but in the, the three other games, 33 minutes, 27, 30. Um, and he's been good for you uh, in those contests. So I think you can play him against Orlando. It, it's just kind of tough with all these, with the Knicks. Like, I, I'm, it's so jumbled up at all spots. R.J. Barrett is really the only person that I feel good about. But I think that Bobby Portis uh, in this matchup at 5,500 is nice. Um, so around that price, I'm thinking him, Rui, or Kamenisky. Um, so you just kind of have to decide which one of those three if you're looking around that price. Yeah, I mean, don't you feel like Bobby Portis was a little bit of a revenge factor on Monday night? <laughs> oh, certainly. I mean, yeah. like, he was playing out of his mind. Like, you know, it's just – it seemed like – yeah, definitely. I'm always about the revenge narrative. You know that. Oh, and me too. Yeah. And most and most times it really doesn't pan out, but it looked like it did the other night. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it pans out. I mean, yeah. unless you're unless you're going with like someone tonight. I mean, Avery Bradley going against the Grizzlies. <laughs> I, I played Avery. I don't know if the revenge factor is going to be any reasoning to why he gets me 20 or 15 DK points, but I mean, there's there's players where it matters. I mean, Russ kind of let us down last night against the Thunder. I mean, he did solid, but I was expecting a much bigger game. But revenge is definitely real. Revenge factors are definitely real. People don't like to read into narratives, but I think it's most real in basketball. And like you said, it. yeah, and you said his name already. Kaminsky's been really good since Aiton got suspended. I mean, in these last three without Aiton, he's playing 31 minutes a game and he's averaging 33 DK points per game. And I've mentioned it a couple times already, but the Warriors, surprisingly, are the worst-rated defense in the NBA. So I think Kaminsky at 5,500 is pretty viable. And in that game, I think Draymond at $7,500 is viable too. Looney is questionable, and he might not play again. But Willie Cauley-Stein might be active. But it's interesting because – yeah, I know your boy. I, I was waiting to bring that up. <laughs> but it's interesting to know because uh, the Warriors, as we all know, they lost – their first two games, and then they just won their third game, their first game against the Pelicans on Monday. And on Monday, they decided to not start a center, a true center, and they went with Draymond at the five. So, and he notched a triple-double of 58.75 DK points versus the Pelicans. So, I mean, if he continues to start at center and Looney's out and they bring Willie Collison off the bench, I think you got to like Draymond in this high total. But if they put a center back in there with him, I'd worry about it. Because he, he flourishes – 
when he's playing the five, you know, so. Definitely. I and mean, that's your boy, you know, so you got to go with Draymond, you know, if he's playing <laughs> center. The, the thing is, Steve, he's really not my boy in real life. We all know he took the, those digs at my favorite basketball player of all time, Paul Pierce. He said he ain't Kobe. But when it comes yes. to, How yeah, when it comes. When it comes to the fantasy world, yeah, I like Draymond a lot. I just think he gets underrated for what he does, especially when Kevin Durant is no longer a warrior. Well, I mean, Al, you can get you cannot like him for kicking LeBron in the uh, the oh, yeah, that, so that, You cannot him. like him for poking James Harden in the eye, but you can't hate on him for speaking facts. Oh, I mean. don't even. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, don't forget um, about Steve Adams too. How many times did he kick that dude? oh god yeah i mean like and how has nobody like really like given him a lengthy suspension for any of this by the way (laughs) like it's all very very egregious um but anyway we digress um yeah draymond's one of those players like you hate him on the other team but if he was on your team you would love him i think he's like oh yeah i think he's like one of the best examples of that 100 percent. and my uncle who lives in the the bay area diehard warriors fan you know he, he never says bad things about Draymond, even though you know that he, he understands what's happening. Yeah. Um, but uh, a cheap option, you know, pivoting off of the, the kind of mid-tier that we're talking about, Mario Hazonia, Zach Collins is out. Um, so it looks like that Hazonia is going to be in an expanded role here. I'm kind of looking at him as the beneficiary. Um, he stepped up and he gave you 22 uh, DK points in 19 minutes. You have to imagine he's going to get around maybe 25 minutes, so hopefully he can get you around 30. We know Hazonia was great last year when he was playing point guard for the Knicks for some reason. <laughs> so he's obviously going to be playing power forward. I think he's going to start. Um, I like Hazonia tomorrow night. Yeah, it was unfortunate. He didn't start last night, but he still produced value for his price. I mean, if we got word that he was starting, and we might because this game's at 8 o'clock versus OKC, if he was starting, he would be one of the better cheap values of the slate, but – I would get a little worried about it if he wasn't starting. But like you said, he has great upside. I mean, when he was the point guard of the Knicks last year, like you said, why was he playing point guard? But either way, he exploded. And, I mean, if he starts, he's someone that could get you a good fantasy score. He's just kind of a selfish player. Yeah, so who are they starting out the power forward? Uh, You're going to laugh. They started Anthony Tolliver. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, w- I wonder what they're doing with Hizonia coming off the bench. Like, if they view him as like they need him as that spark plug sort of thing. Like, I don't understand that. But uh. yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, Hizonia is kind of like the same type of player as uh, Tolliver. You know what I mean? They both they're both right. kind of like undersized big man that shoot from outside. So it's like, why wouldn't? I mean, the smart move would be and the logical move would be to start Mario. But you never know. Right. Exactly. Um, anybody else from the power forward position? I, I know we didn't get to a lot up here in, in the, the more expensive guys. Uh, I think Sabonis is pretty valuable. He's been great yeah. as the starter now. He's been starting alongside uh, Miles Turner in Indiana. He just got that new contract too. And he's gone over 40 DK points in two of three games. He's averaging 37 DK points per game. And he's going against Brooklyn that has allowed the most DK points per game to centers so far through the first week. Like I said, that's a small sample, but still Sabonis at 79. I think he's someone that could get you over 40 again. I love that call. Yeah, I was looking at that, and I'm glad you mentioned Sabonis. Um, So I think that's an awesome pivot off the power forwards. You know, I think that there's a lot of good options at the power forward spot. I think Sabonis is one of the better options. Um, Kevin Love's probably my favorite, uh, and then Siakam, of course. 
Let's get into the center and look, we got a battle between Towns and MB tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Man, it's going to be very tempting for me to get both of these guys in the lineup because I think that both of these guys are playing outstanding. Um, they are two of the best big men in the league, and I think they're just going to slug it out. So obviously you have to monitor Embiid, um, see if he's you know going to play. I think that at this point there's no designation on him, um, but I'm going to be playing Embiid in a lot of spots. I think it's an awesome uh, spot for him. And if I can get Towns in there as well, all the better. Yeah, I slightly favor Embiid. Actually, what am I saying? Slightly, I favor Embiid. Yeah. Um, last year when they matched up, Towns really struggled versus Embiid and only averaged 29 DK points per game. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's uh that's only two games since their West Coast team going to the East. So right. they only put they only played in a pair. But Towns really struggled going against Embiid, and uh, he hasn't showed it this season. He's actually done better on the road versus his one game at home. But Towns is really a better home player. So I I, I think I would go Embiid if deciding between those two. Yeah, it's a good call. I, I think I'm in I'm in the same boat as you. Um, if if I could get both into the lineup, I think that you know you should definitely play around. Depends on you know, depends on how uh, big of a stakes you you spend on DraftKings. Honestly, because I I would definitely think it's worth it to get Embiid and Towns in the lineup because you know that is a, a great ceiling for you, especially with all the cheap options we've mentioned at every position. Uh, I think that's definitely ways to make that happen. Um, Rudy Gobert was certainly disappointing to start the year. He had a good game finally. He finally gave you that that big double double that you were waiting for. Fifteen and eighteen against Phoenix. Um, he's in a decent spot here against the Clippers uh, at home. So Rudy Gobert at home, I really like. Um, but eight thousand, I'm okay paying for that. He's still like a very good price uh, for what he can give you. So yeah, I do like Gobert, especially when they play Harrell a lot. Um, inside, you know, Gobert is going to eat all day uh, on the boards and the blocks uh, if they try putting Harold down there. Yeah, I mean, Gobert is always viable at this price. I mean, he's someone that's a threat for 2020. And uh, going against the Clippers, I mean, they were the dream spot for centers last year. They allowed, I think, either the most DK points per game or the second most to centers. But they've kind of changed this year, and I don't really get that. I mean, Kawhi's there on the wing, but how does that affect the centers? So right. that might that might be one of the things that will change after a small sample size of only one week of games. So I, I definitely think he's viable, uh, viable for GPPs. Um, but like we said, you like Siakam, he's center eligible. Kevin Love is center eligible. Um, Sabonis is center eligible and Draymond Green center eligible. But uh, one guy in the mid tier that I like, and I don't know if he's really going to be highly owned because, because of his name. I mean, he's kind of a bum <laughs> and he plays for a bad team, but Tristan Thompson, um, okay. Yeah, so far this season, he's played 33 and a half minutes per game, similar minutes to Love, and he's averaging 41 DK points per game. Um, he should play a good amount with this game only having a one-point spread versus the Bulls, and the Bulls have allowed the fourth most total rebounds per game, and they've allowed the most offensive rebounds per game. And we all know Tristan does most of his work on the offensive class, so I think it's a pretty good spot for Tristan Thompson. I wish he was cheaper, but $6,500 is kind of a – price limbo that would make him under owned i think 100 percent. no i'm with that for sure um i like miles turner a lot playing against brooklyn who's 30th against the center um miles turner has been awesome for you so far um so i really like miles turner at 7,000. i think he can give you high upside um you know with a double double and a few blocks something to note steven adams left the game the other night with a knee contusion so 
if Steven Adams doesn't play, uh, Noel becomes extremely viable as a cheap option for you. Um, I'm having trouble finding his name right now, but he's got to be in the – oh, okay, I found him. Yeah, $3,300. 3300 And uh, have you gotten any word if Steven Adams is, is going to play or not? He's questionable as of now. Not at all, but um, with Adams getting hurt and playing last last game, Noel played 21 minutes and he scored 22.75 DK points. In the game before, he played only 15 minutes and he got 19.5 DK points. So like you said, Noel would literally be a lock button if Steven Adams was confirmed out. I mean, Noel is just such a good point-per-minute guy that you would have to play him at this price. He'd probably be the best value of the slate if we got word Steven Adams was out. And that's definitely something that you should be watching going up into a Wednesday night slate. Yeah, when Dennis Schroeder and Noel are on the floor, Schroeder and him are playing very well together on the pick and roll. Um, and, you know, Schroeder obviously draws a lot of attention being a great offensive player. Uh, you know, he's able to lob it, lob it up to Noel. Um, Noel runs the floor very well and he plays defense. So, yeah, I like Noel a lot. With a neat contusion leaving the game, it doesn't sound likely that Adams is going to play. I don't know if they want to force that. Um, so, yeah, Noel at 3,300, an awesome play. I love that pairing with him and Embiid, if you can do that. Um, I think that's certainly viable. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Adams only played 27 minutes, and he was uh, he left during the fourth quarter of Monday's game. So, yeah, there's definitely reason to believe he might miss his game. Your boy, Daniel Theus. Is it, is it Theus? Is that how he pronounces it? No, Daniel Tice. Tice. I knew that. Tice, um, Tice, baby. Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, he kind of looks like Vanilla Ice, too, for real. <laughs> you know he does. That's why it's funny. <laughs> um, so we know that Cantor isn't playing. Um, Tice would be good. Um, he's questionable as well. I, are you looking at Robert Williams? I mean, look, Robert Williams at 4,600 is an awesome play if both of these guys aren't, aren't playing. Yeah, I mean, if Tice is active, I think he'll get the start at center with yes. Cantor out. But if Tice is inactive, they're going to go with Robert Williams again. They went with Robert Williams versus the Knicks on Saturday night. And he only played 22 minutes, but he got you 27 – I mean, 22.75 DK points. Yep. They went, They opted to go with more slow, smaller lineups, which they will do when they're this thin. Um, the sad part about this is they should be playing Taco Fall. <laughs> he actually got some yeah. garbage minutes the other night. I don't know if you watched that game, but in MSG. No. I mean, they were going nuts for Taco in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and, uh, awesome. I mean, and uh, I really – this isn't just like a fancy mind talking here. I really think they should play Taco. So, if Daniel Tice is out again tomorrow, I mean, I, if you're playing like a dollar GPP, I wouldn't mind throwing Taco on <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, take that as a grain of salt. But, uh, like you said, Robert Williams is definitely viable at his price if Tice is out. And I think Tice is viable if he's healthy and not limited. So. Yeah, I mean, we saw Jackson Hayes, right? Where you texted me and you were like, oh, Jackson Hayes is getting minutes. And I was so excited. But, like, that could be the same situation with fall. Like, it only takes one injury. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, if, if the situation is right, they'll put in fall. Um, so I, yeah, I, I mean, that play. I mean uh, he played four minutes in garbage time versus the Knicks. <laughs> but he scored seven DK points in those four minutes. I mean, and no one's going to stop him if he plays. And he's a bare minimum. But like I said, I mean, don't, <laughs> do it for like a quarter team or right. something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so Noel, good play. Look, monitor the Celtic situation. Um, anybody else from the center position that you're looking at? Yeah, um, he's not the most exciting play, but considering that the Warriors-Suns game has such a high total and a tight spread, I think Aaron Baines is pretty viable. He's been the starter for DeAndre Ayton. 
um, in these last three without Eaton. He's averaged 27 DK points per game, and he went over 30 in two of those, the first two. But uh, going back to it, if they start Draymond at the five, I think that would kind of limit Baines' playing time. They would probably – both teams would probably opt with the smaller lineups, which would kind of eliminate Baines, and they'd probably play Kaminsky way more. So I, I think that's worth monitoring going into the lineups. Once we get a lineup word from the Warriors, I think that would be the deciding factor on Baines, but I really don't mind him at $4,200. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing call, honestly, Al. Uh, like, keep an eye on the Warriors lineup and see what they do. Um, yeah, Aaron Baines, obviously, you know, playing Utah, he didn't do as well as he did in the previous two games uh, against the Clippers and against Denver. Um, but, yeah, if Draymond's starting at the five, it seems like it will force the, uh, the Suns' hand to play a smaller lineup. So, yeah, then Kaminsky is just a safe option for you. Um, real quick, real quick, Steve. Yeah. What if, what if Willie Cauley Stein starts in his return, his first game of the season? Oh, you play him. You're playing him. You're locking him in. <laughs> I'm not locking him in because of, <laughs> I would mean, I would much rather play Noel. Much rather play yeah, Noel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Consid- um, if Steve Adams is out, I mean, you have to play Noel. But yeah, you could exactly. stack two cheap. You could stack two cheap centers and go Noel and Robert Williams or Noel and Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, Willie Cauley Stein's always been a good point per minute guy, and I mean, that's your selling point on him. So. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and then, like, what we're talking about is what Aaron Baines is going to be, you know, guarding him. I mean, I'm not trying to slide on Aaron Baines, and I think he's a fine player. But, uh, you know, they look, the Warriors need spark. They need something. And if they're going to say that Kali Stein is playing, then that means he's healthy enough to play. And I think that they really need that from him. They need what he can give them. Um, so, yeah, 4,700 uh, in the first game of the season. I mean, we know that Kali Stein is usually around that 6,000 range last season you know around that price so yeah way underpriced if he's gonna start for for the Warriors yeah that's a great play yeah, yeah I, I mean say so I mean yeah I'd rather play Noel um I think those Celtics options are interesting and then of course we talked about Towns and Embiid so it's like where can you really fit him in um but yeah I think he's definitely you consider it for sure yeah I mean based on his price point and the over-under game total of that Warriors-Suns game I think Willie Collistein would be viable but I don't I don't think Baines is any pushover defensively. He's always been one of the top, like, real defensive plus-minus players at center. So, I don't know. I could – actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I could actually see Baines getting in Willie Colleystein's head. But yeah. <laughs> for, no, or getting him in the foul trouble early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Baines is one of those guys that, like, likes to get under your skin. But Willie Colleystein, $4,700. If he's starting, I, I think he's worth considering. Awesome. Did we miss anybody out before we head out of here? No, but I mean that Stephen Adams news is something you should be watching all morning and up until tip. That's gonna be that's gonna be a game changer in making your lineups tomorrow because, like me and Steve said, if Stephen Adams is out, Nerlens Noel is literally a lock button for all lineups, all formats. So that is the news to watch tomorrow. One hundred percent, I'm with that for sure. Um, be on the lookout, guys, for uh, for Al's articles every day. He's giving you four players to look for in DraftKings. Um, it's super, super helpful if you're building DraftKings lineups every night. Um, Al's giving you that every day um, on expandtheboxscore.com. Um, you can follow uh, my Twitter at FFProfessorST3 for all your latest NBA and NFL news. Al, where can the folks find you on Twitter? Uh, Hunta512, that's H-U-N-T-A-512, and uh, you can find my articles there too. I'll always have the links up when I first post them, and uh, I mean, shoot me any questions. I mean, when we're playing the DSS nights late of NBA, it's always good to ask other people and stuff, so I'm always here to answer questions. 
and uh, be on the lookout for more episodes of Pick and Roll. We'll have another one next week. And always, as I always mention, if you're playing NFL DFS or you just have NFL season-long fantasy football questions, be sure to watch me and Steve's uh, Expand the Box Score show, Flex or Fade. It's a live Periscope that's on Periscope, um, YouTube, and Facebook. And we go live every Sunday morning at noon. And we go over the slate of games and we take questions and choose our flex and our fades. So be sure to tune into that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was awesome watching you do your thing. Uh, I was a little uh, silly off the mimosas for my birthday. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I heard you say something like, uh, yeah, you know, Steve isn't here because something came up. I was like, bro, it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> something came up. Like, come on. Man. Hey, your birthday, your birthday was Saturday, bro. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the no, party, um, the party carried over to Sunday. That's it definitely, it definitely did. It definitely did. But yeah, yeah. You held it down. Uh, we had the questions coming in uh, sharp as always. And then, you know, we're going to give that to you every week at noon Sunday to get you ready for your football. Um, and then of course, every week on the pick and roll podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, on behalf of Al Hunter, my name is Steven Taroni. This has been pick and roll. Good luck on Wednesday slate. Shoot us any questions. If you need it last second, we will be here. We will see you next week. Peace.